Aloha, everyone. I'm your host, Christina Laney-Mitri, and welcome to Smart Living Hawaii's podcast, where we discuss smart homes and technology, sustainability, healthy lifestyles, and smart business. Today, we will continue our Sustainable Leaders series and have a talk story with Wendy Lowe. Aloha, Wendy. Aloha. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk story with us. Um, before we begin, let me share a little bit on Wendy. And here we go. After operating Kona Paradise Candies for the past 20 years, Wendy is now retired into a business that allows her to travel to many parts of the world as she promotes stewarding your body the way God intended for us all going plant strong towards optimal health. She now is the first national marketing director for the state of Hawaii for the Juice Plus company and leads over 300 distributors towards prevention and wellness, extending into promoting and growing sustainable products and vegetables. Wendy also represents the Tower Garden and encourages all of Hawaii to step up to grow chemical-free vegetables for our future generations. She's responsible for bringing over a thousand tower gardens to this state to promote residential and urban farming. She dabbles in many arenas and helps so many as she shares God's light along the way. Let's dive into Wendy's exciting world. So let's get started. Um, I always like to start with background. So mm -hmm. maybe you can start from the beginning. Short little recap. That would be helpful. Sure. You mean like from the day I was born? <laughs> What you find relevant, yeah. I guess. Well, you know, uh, I want to share with you my claim to fame through all of this is that I am one of the first keiki in the state of Hawaii to have open heart surgery here. In 1963, I had a, I was born with a heart condition, and in 1963, going downhill pretty quickly as far as my health. At that time, American Heart Association found the need to fly in a pediatric cardiologist to come to the state and do some procedures on the children here. I was one of the three chosen. And I'm still alive and well. I'm, and I'm hitting my 60th birthday. So that, I guess, kind of segues me into being appointed to promote wellness and health throughout the state. And that's why my desire for this is so great when I look back. But of course, I had no idea that this would be in my path and in my future. But it, when I look back, it all ties in now. And so this is where I am. 60 years later, promoting wellness and health and trying to reach as many people as possible to just be concerned about how to steward their body and just eat the things from the earth and be more plant strong is what we're trying to promote. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, maybe you want to dive into your family? Yeah. Sure. So I'm a, there are five of us children. We come from three uh, sisters and two brothers and my mom and dad, of course, my mom being Okinawan having the longest life expectancy of any uh, sorts of people. The Okinawans and the Hunzas are the longest living uh, people on earth. And my father is Chinese. However, because of lifestyle choices, my mom has gone to heaven at 64. And I told you, she has the longest life expectancy. However, the lifestyle choices that she made wasn't the best. Knowing what I know now, maybe mommy could still be alive. So my heart and my voice now is even stronger because, you know, you are what you eat. And we have to really promote that. And I, being from the West Side, I'm a Miley chick. We're a local titter chick who knew nothing about nutrition. Within the last 16 years, I've learned so much. And now whatever I've learned, I want to promote. I have two daughters. One is 33 and the other is 29. And, um, just trying my best to encourage them at this point in their lives to steward their bodies because knowing knowing this one point is really what drives me. That generation, your generation, Christina, is the first generation that is segued to live, you are scheduled to live longer than your children. So knowing that statement, what are you going to do about it? Knowing the storm is coming, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit back and just say, okay, we'll just wait and see the storm through? and say, it's not going to affect me, or are you going to take action? And so some of the people on the outside may not know what to do. So my responsibility is to encourage them to make healthier choices so that your children can live longer than you, and their children will live longer than them. Because the cycle of life, as we know, my children should bury me, and their children should bury them. We should never bury children. And more and more and more, everyone is saying, Wendy, can you pray for my son? Can you pray for my daughter? Just had a baby. They're, they're two years old. 
and they have cancer and they have heart disease. And yes, I don't mind praying for them. However, I want to catch them before they break. And so that's why the fight for growing sustainably on the island and teaching them and encouraging them that there are solutions, but you just have to take an action on it, yeah. you know. So for, you know, Christina, you're a business lady and you all, you know, we always say, oh, success is being at the right place at the right time. You know, yes. But the, the more important part is success is being at the right place at the right time and taking action. Yeah. So now that we know that there are solutions to the problems out there, we've got to step it up. And so that's exactly what I want to do by promoting aeroponic growing systems and doing what we're doing. I think we have a little bit of the solution in our hands. And if we can encourage others to embrace this. So every lanai on Hawaii in a condo, every lanai should have a tower. Every urban setting should have a pod of tower gardens so that we can have the best quality of food and steward our body the way God intended us to. And um, I think it's very important. And that's kind of the message I want to share with everybody today. Yeah, well, I mean, we will definitely dive into the tower garden in a second. Um, but what was there? Was it just your family that really that epiphany, like with your mom and her passing, that just sparked this in you? Like oh, yeah, that you for sure. Well, when I turned forty-three, and you all know, you young millennials, when you hit forty, and it may be I even almost there. <laughs> and it may be even younger for this upcoming generation. But when my time, when we hit forty, life really, really changes. And I thought, how, how can that be? But heck. When you turn 40, the weight doesn't come off as easily. The arms get shorter because you got to keep extending your hand out so that you can see because your vision goes a little bit wacky. But I believe it's even happening to your generation even younger before you're hitting 40. So when I was 43, I was still on the chocolate factory and I was getting bigger and fatter and not as healthy. And so I prayed and I said, you know, I need some help here because at this rate, I'm going to be a monstrous, obese woman and it's not going to be pretty. So I prayed. And then the, the whole food nutrition concept came into my path, into my world. Very, very blessed with that. And then 10 years later, the Tower Gardens popped into a, a company that I researched and I embraced. And I said, I want to represent that. And that's exactly what we do. So we we so exactly it was my family's health history. It was my unhealthy beginning and it was my healthy lifestyle at 40. And at 43, I was still eating Costco chickens and canned spam and Vienna sausage and canned corn was my favorite, but I don't touch that stuff anymore. And um, maybe on the sly I might have because spam musubis are so delicious, but, but I won't do it regularly like I used to where it was my main staple of food. So I've learned and grown a lot. Yeah, and well, Basically, your life is pretty typical for someone here in Hawaii, mm -hmm. and they grow up with it, not realizing it's uh, there's healthier alternatives, yes. right? So yes. I totally um, agree with you on that. I would love to see more people get more into the healthy lifestyles, and I think that a lot of the younger generations are moving in that direction. Yes. Yes. Um, and, you know, bringing in a lot of this, like, local food into Hawaii, you know, like, as this is what we're going to do is definitely helping carve the path but today because we are talking more on the urban core of mm -hmm. our island on Oahu um, I wanted to really discuss this urban farming sure. you know urban agriculture because we are not there yet mm -hmm. um, by any means not yes. even close to yes. even considering <laughs> this um you're one of the first uh, pioneers that are doing this on your own and I think that this should be more than just an, uh, you know, one person initiative. Like it really should be the community as a whole, or even the county as a whole, focusing on this. I can understand statewide might not be as relevant to, you know, the outer islands, the neighbor islands. I'm sorry, but for this urban core on Honolulu, it's mm -hmm. one thing that we can really. Um, see some big changes um, for sure. and there's numerous reasons why and other states and countries are doing this and this is the kind of thing we, I want to talk about with you yes so <laughs> if um maybe we can start with what you're doing mm -hmm. and then we can talk about what other places are doing sure. so you have the tower garden yes, and tell me more about it I'm going to ask you some questions along the way if you don't sure. yeah just it. just <laughs> anytime but I was very privileged to be one of the first tower garden owners here in Hawaii and I brought one home 
And I set it up my, on my balcony. And mind you, I grow nothing. How long ago was this? That was seven years. So this is the seventh year, the great harvest year. So really, really <laughs> exciting. it doesn't take seven years to harvest. Oh, no, <laughs> no. And so that's the joy, you know, Christina, is that I brought it home and I don't grow anything. You give me a, you know, an orchid plant. When that flower drops down, that plant is going down the chute because I can't even revive it. And it's just going to die on me from that point. I grow nothing. I don't have the joy of growing anything. And look at me, seven years later, I'm the lead tower garden farmer in the state, as well as I'm pretty up there in the nation. So that means anybody can do this is what I'm trying to point out. And just for some of you who don't know, uh, when I do my podcast, I actually bring the mic to them and their offices. I'm actually in her apartment yes. because this is where her tower gardens sit for her household. For the last and seven years. For the last seven years. <laughs> and how many tower gardens do you have here? Well, I just broke down one and we actually had four on the outside. Uh, we had five, but what we did was, um, since we had a really neat, uh, Tim Blank, the designer of the tower garden, he came to Hawaii and uh, along with him, he, he brought the grow lights for us, the LED oh, that's grow lights. It's different. Yes, that's crazy. what's um, the glow behind you. Yeah, you have the glow in front, but the one well, behind you is I'm the take LED some lights. Photos before we leave, so you can definitely check it out on our Instagram and Facebook, and you know when we post it out, then you'll be able to see what we're talking about. Right, here. right, and they gotta see it because I've grown the tower gardens on the outside, and now that it's in my home, I don't turn on lights in the dining room, in the kitchen, in the living room because that bugger just lights up my whole home uh it's led light so it doesn't take or consume a lot of energy and it's bright enough that it just illuminates this whole actually when you're coming up the street my home looks like a flying saucer it's like ready to take off because it's all beaming this led light yeah. yeah so seven years ago we got introduced to the tar gardens we brought it here i what you need to do is you open the package up and you put the seeds into the rock wool and in two days time the seed starts sprouting and you've got little babies. And at that point, what really intrigued me was that I felt like I was a grandmother because something was growing right there in front of my eyes. And then after two weeks of being in the rock wall, you just put it in the tower garden. And then it does pretty much the rest. The tower garden already, you, you, you uh, insert or you fill it up with 20 gallons of water and some proprietary tonic. And that's all you basically have to do after you set it up, which takes about a good 10 to 15 minutes. So you put the rock wool in with your two-week-old seedling, and then there's a little pump in the, the tower garden that sends water to the top, and it drips down. And my timer here in the sky is on for 15 minutes, which shoots water to the top, drips nutrients and water to all the root systems for 15 minutes. And then the next 45 minutes of the hour, your root systems sit in air. This is called aeroponics. The next hour shoots up 15 minutes water and nutrients, 45 off. 15 water, 45 air. So 24 times a day, my plants are being fed. So it's like having a baby and feeding it 24 times a day. But then you don't have to do it. Right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, and that's why it's really meant for busy people. And like I travel a lot. The 20 gallons of water can pretty much last me up to almost two weeks. So after two weeks, then I'll ask you know someone to go ahead and water it or fill it up. And then when we fill it up, it's another two weeks. So if I was gone for, like you were gone for three weeks, once you, when you're gone, after two weeks, somebody needs to come and fill it up. Other than that, it's good to go. So the good thing is, Christina, is when I leave for my trip, I don't clean my icebox out with produce and come home to dead ones. And when I come home, I don't have to buy more because it's there. Yeah, you come back and it's it's already like, how long does it take to grow things? Okay, so after you put your seedlings in, your two-week-old seedling, and you put it into the tower, uh, with just microgreens or lettuce, it's about three weeks to four weeks in the tower, and you can start eating already. And then, like, we have kale. The kale, once it matures, my kale and my towers are probably about six or seven months old. And what it does, it just keeps growing, and you just keep cutting the base and the crown or the, the heart of the kale plant continues to grow. So I've been eating kale off my towers for the last seven years. Wow. Okay. And how long does it take for like a branch or one of the kale leaves to grow? Um, well, uh, because it's just consistently growing. Right. right. So if you're going for microgreens, I would say after a month on the tower, you can start eating the little green leaves, but I want it hardier than that. I want it to be robust and continuous production. I would say at least a good two months on the tower before you want to start trimming the bottom and then letting it start shoot like a, a, a palm tree. 
And as I said, um, for the last seven years, my kale has been producing. I have not bought kale in seven years. And, you know, even if you wanted to go eco-friendly and all the right reasons, even if you just pocket, if you're Chinese and you want to save money, you know how much money I save by not ever having to buy kale? That's how I do my calculations on my towers consumption production. I kale eat, calculations. Yeah, my kale. I mean, my kale. <laughs> because I take like about eight leaves of kale off a day. And you can get non-GMO, chemical-free kale fresh like I do. I would. I just calculate. That's about 4 or $5. $4, 30 days a, a month. That's $120 on just my kale that I'm saving. So if people are concerned about not just the equal eye or the rat lung worm or anything like that. The fact that you can get it cut or fresh. For yes, <laughs> exactly. And, and I live in a condo. I don't have a yard. So this is perfect for urban dwellers. And if you look out this window right here, what do you see, Christina? All well, condos. We are at the top of a building where everything around us is, I'll, I'll even take a picture of that. <laughs> but it's literally, you can see Diamond Head, but you can also see like hundreds of buildings here. Mm -hmm. And we're just, we're surrounded by buildings where yeah. we're at. So to me, you know, I live in Pearl City and I had, oh, I had this little patch that I was going to put like, you know, good, clean soil and I was going to do everything. And I'm not a green thumb by any means. And this proved that I wasn't. <laughs> but it was also in Pearl City, which is so hot. Right. So I tried to do this years ago when my daughter was like one or two. And I tried to do this. I'm going to try to grow veggies. Right. So. I tried to do it and then I actually started getting, you know, some veggies growing and then these darn snails mm. and slugs. I mean, I could not believe, you know, first of all, you can't forget to water, right? Because right. it's so dry and hot there. <laughs> like one day with no water, like the, the dirty dying and wilted. Yeah. But at nighttime, they came out and they had this like beautiful zucchini and I was so proud of it being organic because they didn't add all this stuff to it. And then... Oh man, they ate them all up and I was trying to see. And the only thing that I could think of, I didn't know at the time what kills them. So I, you use this, the snail and slug, you know, remover. And I didn't know this, right? Cause I wasn't doing organic. It was like a long time ago. And I was just trying to grow food. And I thought, you know, it was way more, it was like a hundred dollar zucchini that I ended up making. <laughs> so I realized this isn't my forte and I realized that I don't know how to do this. And, and I went back to like buying organic food on, you know, on, at the store. So long story short, this is literally a solution you can do for this. people that anybody you can do this. You know, when you have mm -hmm. those succulent plants and those are the only plants that people say they can grow. <laughs> this is kind of like that concept where, if that is the only plant that doesn't die, <laughs> this is a plant that won't die either. <laughs> right. And so, you know, like that was, that's a major problem, the snails, right? So with the tar gardens, because it's lifted above the ground, we don't have dirt mites. We don't have pests of the dirt. We don't have rat lung worm disease or a potential wall because the slugs can't get up there. We don't have snails because the snails can't get up there and probably never will have E. coli as well. So these are just... You know, just peace of mind tidbits. That is why I think the tar garden makes so much sense because I don't have to worry about those things. Even though I live in the sky and I don't have all those issues, when I con uh, cut my kale, I still rinse and wash. It's just out of habit. But in theory, you could go to the tar, pick and eat, and it, you don't have to worry because absolutely no chemicals and bugs and all the things other than that, uh, uh, not not available up here. Yeah, yeah so, so. and that's the other thing when you get to a certain height, right, on a building, um, the bugs are, yeah. are less, you know, and I mean, birds, like they just don't come up as well, high. Do yeah, you have birds sometimes? Yes, yeah, sometimes. Only when, you know, have the bright red tomatoes. Oh. And it's like so saying, eat up. me, eat me, eat me. So the birds are like, yeah. And then so they do. They, but if I have like a hundred tomatoes. Well, you tomatoes, have one of them inside with yeah. the mites, right? Right. So, I mean, I guess that's, if you're going to do tomatoes, you get to it on the inside of <laughs> But you know, you know, when it starts, um, blossoming and the fruits come, you've got like a hundred tomatoes coming out. If the birds ate 10, it's cool. Yeah. You got to right. feed them too, you know, better than feeding them bread and crumbs. Yeah. So they come and eat the tomatoes and then what they're going to do is they're going to poo poo it down in somebody's yard and they'll have tomato plants. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> so it's a good thing. Tomatoes yeah. <laughs> around a whole, it, it'll probably land on someone's car or right. Right. <laughs> it does it. <laughs> yeah. So, 
we need all the help we can get. And you know what's really funny? I was telling Derek the other day, um, we were talking about bees. And for some amazing reason, the doors are always open here. One bee flew in and it landed right behind me. A bee. We just were talking about bees and um, trying to grow one of the flowering plants that attracts bees. And just the mere talk on it brought the bee up. By mere sheer coincidence, right? I mean, well, I mean, crazy. Ruby is trying to show you that. Uh, yeah, bee, do it, do it. So do we it. aren't on the top. So like at my apartment that I'm at, we are like maybe on the thirty third floor. Uh-huh. So there is definitely way less anything. No, we no. don't get birds, and we every now and then there's some weird gnats or something, you know, outdoors. But right. mostly there's not no, no bugs like mosquitoes and stuff. Right. So, but. Over here at the eleventh floor, yeah, you're still at that mark where you can yeah. still see the life coming, right. <laughs> coming right. in the door. But we don't have flies or mosquitoes, so the doors and the windows are always open. Yeah, and so that's, that's what I like about here is that yeah. we still well, bring the outdoor in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so back to these tower yes. gardens, and just to get put things into perspective, because I think when I first saw them. I was thinking like in the thousands or something, mm-hmm. like what one of these things cost. So um, could you share with us what it would cost to actually get one and then to have it set up, I guess, all inclusive, okay. you know, just kind of an idea. Of sure. The Tower Gardens, uh, all inclusive is about $525. That includes everything that you need to start a Tower Garden or farm. All you need to add is water and love. It has seedlings, it has germinator kit, it has a timer, it has um, the, the, the pump, it has everything for you to get started. So $525 is the whole cost of the tar garden. The shipping to Hawaii on that is $125. So total, it's about $650. You have two options of payment. You can pay for it in full or you can break it into 12 monthly installments. So for example, if you wanted to purchase one, the first payment will include the tax, the shipping, and your first month's payment. So you're looking probably at about 170 bucks, $170 to get started. That tower garden arrives in your home within 10 days. You start dropping the seeds and two weeks later you have sprouts. So in the first month, you're now the second month approaches. You're going to pay your next $50. You put your seedlings into your tower. By the end of that second month, you have lettuce that you can consume. By the third and fourth month, you'll be having much more production. So what I'm trying to get at is by the third and fourth month, the amount of produce that you're consuming from your tower would already pay for that monthly installment. I've had my towers on my balcony for the last seven years. The first year, it's paid for. So for the last six years, I can, like I mentioned earlier, I consume about $120 a month of produce. It cost me about $15 to maintain a tower after paid off. So I'm still ahead $105 savings in my pocket. But I really want to uh, impress upon your audience is that when you buy a tower garden, you're buying peace of mind. Remember those slugs? I don't get them. Remember your snails? I don't get them. Remember E. coli, rat lungworm? I won't get it. So what is the cost of that in your body for you and your family? Is that not worth I mean, $50 a month. So that's how people need to look at this. It's an alternative. Well, they have to need to look at, at food in general. Yeah, like that, and the you quality know. of food. So I think a lot of people that are moving in this direction, they're starting to eat this way and they're, you know, going to Whole Foods, they're going to Down to Earth, you know, they're, you know, getting the organic versus, you know, not organic, getting things that are local versus, you know, from another foreign country. So they start to look at that. And yes, the bills add up, you mm-hmm. know, so when you realize like you're changing your lifestyle, you know, on what you're eating and what you're taking in and you're noticing a difference on your body, you then realize like, oh, maybe I'll just do this sometimes because it's so expensive. Right. Mm-hmm. So if there is a solution for the people that are already changing their lifestyles to make it more accessible and, and, and at a lower price, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is where people will start doing it. And I also think that this is such a great idea for kids. Um, If the kids were, if this were to be a project, I mean, you could, maybe your kid is wanting a hoverboard or a iPad (laughs) or something for Christmas. But if you bought like one of your, you mean you start off with your younger kids, like, you know, four or five years old and you bought this for their 
present, you good know, for mommy. Christmas. Good mommy. They girl. would really like it's interactive, you know. Mm-hmm. They they gotta grow the seeds. They got it's like a a project for them, and they like this kind of interaction. And then you do it with them, mm-hmm. but then they see the growth, right? Because how you said you see, oh, it's growing, it's sprouting, and mm-hmm. then the kids like they love that at the young age. If they get yeah. them started, then then. Right. And, 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 you know, to one more point on that is when they grow it, they're going to eat it. Yeah. And the then fun. they'll eat it. It's true because that's because they're doing it. Right. And then they will act like, you know, they don't want to eat veggies when they're little. You know, I have to She, my daughter's nine right now and getting her to eat veggies is hard, even if it's in a smoothie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she she knows she has to, but she doesn't like it. But if yeah. she takes part in it, yes. you know. And let me give you one example, a great example of that. You know, we have three towers at the Easter Seals program. And these are for mentally and physically challenged challenged people and, and uh, adults and, and uh, kids. But they have the tower garden and they grow their vegetables. And these are autistic kids coming to me on wheelchairs and they come and they're like, they, I teach them how to do, do the seedlings and then they put it in the tower and they're watching it grow on an earth day. They invite us to come and eat with them. And when I'm eating with them, they go, Auntie, Auntie, what do you want? And I pick the salad I want and I, I consume it. And then when I look behind me, those kids are doing the same thing. They're picking the salad because they grew it. They're putting it in a bowl with their dressing and they're consuming it. And you know, that's, that's a feat in itself because I mean, normally speaking, autistic kids don't like greens and veggies. Most, a lot of them don't. Well, they're not autistic. I think just kids in general. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like, exactly. We went on a farm tour at Kahumana Farms mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. with my daughter not too long ago. And so when my husband and I and Charlie, we went, um, they had, there was other kids too, but they had the opportunity to pull up carrots, right? <laughs> so we they pulled that. up carrots. And some of the kids, it's like, <laughs> This is their life. Like, you know, their parents are just like, they grow stuff and the kids are just like grabbing and eating the carrot, you know, and they're just right out of the ground because it's organic. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, not as clean as yours, you know, there's dirt all over them, but you know, they, you know, cleaned it off and they started eating them. And so my daughter isn't used to that, right. but you know, our daughter was like, Okay, and so she wanted to be cool like the other kids and start eating her carrot. And it's like this purple carrot, you know, and it's like she's just eating it. And, you know, I'm just like, huh, you know, but that's because it was part of what she was doing, you know. So all you parents that are listening or grandparents, this is definitely a good Oh yeah, option. very good present. option. For Much family, better than family online bonding, stuff. <laughs> you know, for sure. And you know, like I know one one of my friends is a grandfather, and what he did was every weekend when the grandkids would come, they would go straight to Tower Garden, and they would say, "Grandpa, Grandpa, is it growing?" And then the grandpa would talk story with them around the tower, and they all had like four plants to grow, and they all were comparing each other every week they came, and that was the bonding time with Grandpa and the kids and growing. So something very positive. You know, reinforcing very positive uh, skills and life skills. And values, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And memories, right? Growing with the tower with grandpa. So now that we've kind of, you guys wrapped your head around the tower garden and what it is, we'll definitely have some pictures for you. But um, maybe you could explain how we've moved into this urban farming situation. So a tower garden is definitely... Uh, part of the solution but um, my brain just starts going crazy about thinking of all the different options (laughs) that we could be doing right Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is like well we don't have the money or there's no funding for this type of thing but you know there are solutions that I see that are very viable that we could do and you know I, I had just been on a panel yesterday with Go Farm Hawaii, um, talking to the new farmers that mm-hmm. are, you know, starting businesses as well. And um, I would love to see because that program, they're growing farmers mm-hmm. and helping them with business plans. Mm-hmm. So all of them may not necessarily, you know, be working the farm at the end of the day. They probably know how to, and they'll assist people. But maybe some of um, this industry could be consultants on farming mm-hmm. or could, sure. you know, branch out. And there's so many options. So some of it here in our landscape of Honolulu, we have, you know, buildings. So can you 
dive into some sure, options that, I'd love you, to. that you see would work perfectly? We'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> so that's why I don't sleep much. I mean, from the time I have my tar on my balcony and I stand on my, my, my balcony and I look out, what do I see? I see rooftops. I see rooftops that won't cost anything to rent and it's non-producing. However, what if we change the site that when I looked out of my balcony, I would see green rooftops. So in New York City, six floors up in one of the restaurants called Bell Book and Candle in Manhattan, he has 30 tower gardens and all the food that he produces up on the top, he hoists it down six floor to his Bell Book and Candle restaurant and that's what he serves daily. So if he has a lot of zucchini, the slugs didn't come and get it. The snails didn't get it. So what he does is he now features zucchini on every dish. Did you hear about the Prince? Prince Waikiki? Uh, that they have a growing wall? Or they No. So I just heard this and I was meaning to go research it. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking maybe you should go talk to them because they're actually starting to move in this direction. Yes. So maybe they might be interested yes. in what you're doing. But um, they actually have... Um, some planters and everything on the right. roofs now and they're growing like the herbs and some of the basic things that they need for their kitchen mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly good. and i've been working with the prince for a while they were looking towards the growing walls but that didn't need meet their needs so we were talking initially and then um they stopped so they may have been researching another vehicle to grow and whatever you decide to grow i mean whether it's aquaponics hydroponics aeroponics the fact is just do whatever is convenient and that you are passionate about doing. One is not better than the other. It's just I I love aeroponics because of the savings of space. We use 90% less land. We need we use 90% less water, and it's 100% success. So we grow vertically. So in three diameter feet, Christina, I can grow 55 plants in three diameter feet. So just envision if you had one acre of tower gardens growing 55 plants upwards. It's equivalent to uh, 55, uh, eight, five acres of food. It, I use one acre of, uh, of towers, but I go up in the sky. It's equivalent to five acres of, of commercial or traditional farming. So if you were to say um, one tower, mm-hmm. how much produce would you, would you do it by pound? Or how would, you, how would you categorize, like, how much would it feed? Oh, okay. At, at full capacity, Okay, right? so residentially, it comes with 20 pots that you can grow 20 plants. If you purchase the extension, you can grow up to 28 plants. Now we also have a microgreen extension. So the base is 20. The microgreens extensions give you 32 more plants. So right here in back of you, and we'll have pictures of this, you have 52 plants growing on three diameter feet. Okay. So how I would take it to market is I have, I could have 52 heads of lettuce or 52 bags of food. And if I was to harvest all of that, and let's just say I would just sell each bag or each head for $3 a head. You do the math. 52 times 3 is not a bad source of income or a bad, not a bad source of income saved. Or if you're going to sell it, you could do it as a business. Yeah, and that's for your family, right? Right. And it's just right. coming in. And that's how I do my calculations. It's, per, it's not by the pound, but it's pretty much by the head, whether it's bok choy, whether it's romaine or butter lettuce or manoa. It's by the head is how you would sell this or calculate. And that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other, you know, maybe you could throw out some other places that are doing this as well. I know Mm -hmm. you mentioned something in Dubai. So that was interesting. (laughs) Right. I was sharing with you earlier that in the middle of the desert, they're building up a walking community, no cars, just walking and golf courts or electric vehicles, the little ones. And how they make it sustainable is within um, like dome homes, there are dome complexes, I should say. They're growing their food. Their food source, their plant base is all grown within the community. So everything is sustained. It's right in the center. They have the schools and the libraries and all the farm in the middle and all the homes around it. So everything is walked in. Yeah, it's to all the desert everywhere. Yeah, so it's all desert, desert, hot like heck. The whole place is painted white. The, the, the roads, everything is white. So it'll reflect, number one, and it'll be cooler. And they're being sustainable within each pod that they're putting up. So that in itself to me is very exciting because it's in Dubai, it's a, it's a different story. If you did this like in Africa or in different places where they don't have such um, ability to be so uh, commune style. And like we were talking earlier, for many of the different um, situations or projects that we are, I personally am trying to work on is substance and drug abuse 
uh, communities, the vets, the U.S. vets, where we're trying to place them on the outside of our of our living conditions, like in Barbers Point, where we're having vet centers. Why not give them a tower garden farm and let them farm and give them purpose so that they can feel value to themselves? And who knows, they may even eat that food and they're becoming healthier, mm-hmm. mind, body, and soul. And then they can even use this as a vehicle to turn it into a business so that they are income generating and becoming useful once again before they went to fight for our country. So there's so many different uh, outlets that we can promote this in, whether it's in an urban setting, whether we take it outside to the, you know, to the countryside, so many, not just urban, but everywhere there is a possibility there is, it, it can happen. Yeah. And it's, it's people like you, Christina, that will put it out there and you'll find one or two other hearts and minds that will see and understand what we're trying to promote. And they'll say, hey, I want to I see what we can do. Well, for- I would like to see this move into development. I would like to see urban ag move more into almost a standard for, you know, yes. building. Yes. It's very easy. If we're already spending the money on landscapers. Every (laughs) community association has to pay a certain amount to landscape, you know, um, and have a, you know, gardener come every day. I know ours has two or three that is probably hired. And that's what they do all day long is groom the grounds because our area has a very large, we have a dog park with big trees on it. It's actually a pretty big ground space with lots of foliage. And you're just like, wow, there's so much space that you can, you know, plant. That tree can be fruit trees, you know, mm-hmm. and or an avocado. And then you're like, oh, this whole green space that d- the dogs can't even go on. It's just sitting there nice and green and trimmed down to the T so perfectly. And we nobody goes on it. Like, it could be rows of food, right? right. And then, you know, like you said, on the rooftops can, right. I don't know, not every building has the access to it, but others do. Or maybe when you're building a brand new exactly. building, you're taking that into account. Like, mm-hmm. how people are taking into account that they're wanting to add solar to mm-hmm. their roofs. The roofs then why the aren't you yeah. also considering the In space the for for gardening or for having these, you know, food producing like landscapes where, you know, the gardeners are also trained to be farmers exactly. or you hire farmers and half of it is a farmer or maybe the farmer does both, mm-hmm. you know, or, and then- or you can hire up, uh, hire Towered Up, which is a company that I have Derek Chan here with me and Derek Chan's, uh, our company produces uh, seedlings. For these tower gardens, as well as we offer maintenance and management See, so for the farms. Even if you don't want to do anything now, you can hire you guys to do the yeah. very minimal stuff <laughs> <Right>. too. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, um, getting back to, like, your building, you said you have 33, you're on the 33rd floor. I don't know how high it goes. You have this beautiful, immaculate spot of green grass there. How about, like you were saying, either put farm there, a farm part of it, or just use a part of it and you can greenhouse it or you can just leave it in the elements. But if you just put, say they put 20 towers, which wouldn't take a whole lot of space. Now, I think that every, whether it's in your building or an amenity in urban setting, that how about a live living produce stand? Okay. So you have 20 towers producing 52 plants per tower. And every day you come downstairs from your 33rd floor and say, you know what, honey, go downstairs and go get some romaine lettuce. Okay. So you come downstairs, you pull off two heads of romaine, and then maybe you want to buy some arugula and you pull up a head of that. And when we sell it to you, it'll come out with the whole roots. And then you take it upstairs and goes, Oh, Christina, you know what? John just called. He invited us for dinner. We can't eat all that lettuce. No problem, honey. And all you do is you put it in a glass of water in your condo, 33 floors in the sky, and it's continuing to grow. Okay. But now when you pull those three heads of veggies out of the, the tower, it's say $3 and you just deposit $3 into a, a can. And that's just $9 that you gave to this live living produce stand. Now it could be an amenity for the building. So the building can use it. Yes. Number one, to pay off the principal and then just to maintain it. There's going to be extra yeah, and that's funds what I in mean there. When, if we were to have um, maybe consultants, right, that this is their job to, they can literally go to every condo association and say, hey, you know, this is an alternative and this is what it's going to cost. And this is 
you know, options. Like maybe you're in a building where there's a lot of people that want to do a community garden. And maybe mm-hmm. it's just a, a part of the association that wants to adopt something like this and they want to put it in their budget. And right. that's what they want to vote on. And if it is, then great. And it's something they could do. I mean, shoot, there's a farmer's market next door. Maybe that community association, you know, garden, you know, com- you know, group decides to sell it exactly right, for the exactly. <laughs> association. No, no that any of these beautiful condos, they offer all the brilliant amenities, which is great. You know, the best gym, the best sauna, the best whirlpool, right? But that's money they pour in and it's not income generating. Yes. But imagine if you just put up 20 towers and yes, you're going to feed your, your residents the best food possible in the state because they're growing it right there. Plus it's income generating. So saying XYZ building, did exactly that and then they are income generating and they have all this money left over so then xyz building can now support a scholarship so say like john johnny in the building next door which is a little bit lower end they needed to go to college have xyz scholarship and whoever has the best whatever their criteria is can win a scholarship from yeah. xyz building. you could do something like that or maybe it's paying for something that the association was wanting to to do or beautify within right. themselves. Or a better know? Christmas party. Yeah, right. Better or prizes. And better building food. Up. Yes, yes. The budget is always the problem. And then, you know, have prizes and build the, com- the community of the building versus not. So these are all just really powerful things for community building, number one, bonding and getting healthier mind, body, and soul. By having this, and this is so positive, this is nothing negative. That's why when Tim Blank, I just saw him a couple of weeks ago, I just pat him on the back and said, "Boy, do you even know what the heck you created with this tower garden?" And he goes, "What you talking about, Wendy?" I'm going, "Not only is it the best vehicle to grow the best source of food, but we have kids learning curriculum around the tower gardens. We have boys so and what girls. What schools are you? Um, what we're working with? Um, we have it in Kapolei High School has one. Campbell High School has it. Punahou Iolani has seven tower gardens. They have a sustainability director that works with him. Kamehameha Schools has a couple, and now they're bringing us in to rebuild it. The CIP, Culinary Institute of the Pacific, they have one just like this in their kitchen. And their futuristic planning is to have 60 so that they can pr- produce the food, number one, produce the food and sell it to the canning club, which is going to be popping up. And that money that they income generate with, that money, they could use it as a fund so that all the students who want to go to visit different kitchens in the culinary program have a little bit of vehicle, financial vehicle to get them to other places. So more and more schools should get them and get this. Uh, uh, last weekend, the other weekend before I went on my trip, I spoke to an insurance company and he really liked the idea, hey, if I get my members if they can commit to getting their numbers down, like their A1Cs or the blood pressure, bringing the numbers down, the reward what at the end. the senior community? Exactly. The Kupuna centers, they all love it. And so, what about, and the Keiki. Mean, the plazas, do you know they can afford all of oh, that? The plaza, they, the plaza they, has they one. Really like, oh, they do? Yeah, the Waikiki Plaza has two and it's on their commercial. So oh, I was thinking, and I used to go once a week because I love hanging out with the Kupuna. So I'd be going there and talking story with them and teaching them to grow and then they were cutting it, they were but eating it's like it. It's much easier, right? for them. Then, no need bend like, down. Then, yeah, right. No and need. Being in the sun, yeah. on the ground. And, and they're on wheelchairs and walkers, right? so and it's exactly. so good for them. The kupunas is my heart. The kupunas, the oh, vets, awesome. the homeless community, you know, they're all right there. And, and those are exactly the ones that we're working with now. Is so there some type of grants that you can apply for to get all this, or have you? Or? Um, there are grants out there, and it's whether it's the Department of Ag, and just even like different groups that are having monies that they're wanting to give. like or donate, mm-hmm. right? Maybe that's a way that people can donate, um, you know, if they're wanting to maybe help out a group of some sort, then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're donating one of these towers. Exactly. And so that insurance company, not only when their their members drop down their numbers, the reward for them is you get a tower garden. Okay. And as long as they maintain their numbers by eating healthier, they can keep the tower. But once the numbers go crazy and they're not doing anything about it, the tower garden comes back to the company. That's one vehicle we spoke on. The next thing he was excited about was, how about if we put one tower in each of the elementary schools? So you talk about grants yeah, and right? sponsorship. And this is sponsored by XYZ Company. Yeah. And we care about kids at Aina Haina School. How many elementary schools are on Island? Oh, uh, I don't know exactly, but 
We, yeah. I mean, and he was willing and he is willing to look at it. So now that I'm back in town, uh, that's one of the projects I'm going to be working with, with him. That would be awesome. Yes. Can we start with Peaches Elementary? Yes. You know, just drop the seed. And if there's a contact that you need us to talk to, I'll go there. See what it is, is say you were a teacher there. You have to have the right heart to say, you know what? I want to implement this. But the teachers love the tower gardens because why? When, science and math. And, and there's a whole curriculum written already around there is one? it there is one and it's out and, awesome. and, and, and you it's all accessible maybe but, i can get a hold of that um, yeah curriculum would be good to see i'll we'll send it to you but also so you're say you're the teacher when you come you're bombarded with your whole lesson plan but now you got to go out in the in the garden and you got to weed and till the land before the students come because you know that that's part of what you want to do and then they have to take care of that piece of land and then the kids come and they drop the seed but it's also so hot over there yeah yeah exactly and the teachers don't want to go in the dirt when they don't have time and they're busy and then they got to get dirty and hot so that's why the tower garden is so beautiful because they just wheel that bug out put the water in yeah yes there you go there you go and then the kids come in the first class is they drop the seeds and they watch it grow and they you know they chart it and then after two weeks they put in a tower so by the second month before the second month they're already consuming yeah, but, and then every two months they go to another class right the right and then when school is pal they just empty out the water wash it down and put it in storage and the next year comes, they don't have to till the earth again and da-da-da. So the teachers love this vehicle of teaching and growing. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to get this in our school. Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody out there hears this and they have the same heart to help Christina and Derek and I to promote wellness through the Tower Garden and just another uh, means of growing, then let's make it happen. Yeah, for sure. So... I'm going to dive into a little different sector because I know we're coming close on time here, but I did want to cover the blue zone project that you, um, I don't know, do you spearhead it in your area? Do you, one of the main contributors to the one here? I'm just a very, um, hundred percent in volunteer. Kobe Takeda is uh, in charge of our blue zone project. So, Maybe for the, the listeners, they have no idea what Blue Zone is. So how about we start from the get-go, from the sure. very beginning? So there are, I, I believe, five established Blue Zones in the world. And basically, a Blue Zone is a style, a lifestyle. So like Okinawa is one, and uh, Loma Linda, California, is another Blue Zone. They have one in Costa Rica. They have one in Greece, uh, Sardinia, and one more in one more country, but there are five blue zones. And basically what they, what, what it means is their lifestyle is they're eating more plant strong. They're exercising more. And this is all within their lifestyle that they've grown up with and their community is very strong. So when we watch the blue zones of Okinawa, there was a group of women and they, they're like over a hundred, they're all centennials, hundred plus. Wow. And so that's another thing. Their amount of centennials outnumber any other country, which qualifies them to be a blue zone. The lifestyle that so they live. why are we a blue zone? Well, Hawaii should be a blue zone. And that's why the blue zone um, Project. projects okay. are so like every district. I belong to the four M's, Makali, Mo'ilili, uh, Manoa, and Makiki. So those are right here in front of me. That's my my area. So the Blue Zones Project people here, we're um, visiting all the schools, the churches, uh, the businesses, and getting them Blue Zone knowledge and savvy. And so that's, I go into Washington uh, Intermediate with the Blue Zone people with me, and we encourage the kids to learn about Blue Zones, to live it and be making healthier choices, exercise more, and speaking nicely to each other. And so, so this, those are the, what are the exact principles, I guess, of Blue Zone? Exactly that, you know, the lifestyle and then eating and then, of course, just community. So those Okinawan women, they've been together for the last 70, 80 years. Every morning they get together, they talk story, they eat healthy diets, and then they walk into the, in the, into the streets in this one neighborhood. And when the preschool is done, like all the kids come running down. And as those little kids come running down, all the tutus, they hug each kid. They hug each kid. So now the keiki, so it's all intergenerational as well. Keiki kupuna exchange, love on each other. And that's how the, ki the kids, they just, that's what they're used to. They're not running away from the old people because they're different looking and, and, you know, sitting down. No, these keiki embrace 
And that's what this is. Sometimes we're missing a lot of that in raising up kids here in Hawaii. They don't have aunties. They don't have kupuna. So we need to bring the kupuna and the keiki together so that they can learn from each other, keeping one young and the other one yeah, in, back in to growth. the culture. Really. Very, very we much so. So, so Blue Zone is so important. And I know that we've made milestones here in our community. Uh, every district has a Blue Zone. And I know it's a program that was Who brought going- it to Hawaii. Well, I want to say that the Blue Zones is part of HMSA and Blue Cross Blue Shield, and that's their, um, what do you say, it's like a part of an entity of the main corporation. And I know Oprah has a main play in the Blue Zone and implementing that within the states. And, of course, Hawaii should be a Blue Zone. Yeah, I mean, right? A question. I mean, look at how... Do you I mean, that we are a Blue Zone just automatically? Yes, it, I feel like we probably were, and it's no longer, you know, it's it's us having to get back to where yes. we were. Yes, and that's what we really, every one of us needs to really focus, you know, on our lifestyle and what our choices are for ourselves that we want to pass to the next generation. And that's so important. We're not thinking that far ahead. And so for me, the passion comes for me because of that fact that I stated earlier, knowing that my grandchildren will have a shorter life expectancy than my children, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this happen. And so that's my focus. And I wish that other, it doesn't, you don't even have to be a mommy or a daddy. You can be a just, just Christina having the passion to want more for your generation and the next to come. And this is why, this is what will propel all of us, the passion to make it better. So besides these two projects, what, uh, what other boards or things <laughs> are you on? I think a lot of our, <laughs> young professionals that are definitely getting involved whether it's nonprofit wise or they're getting involved in the community it's always good to hear what some of these um, sustainable leaders are moving towards or what where their focus is and um, you know how do they get started so that's one of um, things I like to ask too sure so um, I know the University of Hawaii they have a scholars program an honors program and they call me in to speak to these intellects and why they bring me in is because they're intellectual people. They're going to be doctors and researchers and scientists, but they're working from a brain level of business and approaching the world. So we want to incorporate working from the heart. So my role is to incorporate the nonprofit or the volunteerism. So to make them more balanced, because yeah. you can do everything with brain, but you need to incorporate heart to make success, I believe. Or the connection. Right. right? The real, right. genuine connection right. and so people. When I was doing my chocolate factory in my business, every every nonprofit approached me for donations. So I would ask them, what was their goal and where do they need help? And so I ended up on 12 boards at that time simultaneously. And uh, people are thinking that is crazy, but it was just, it just made sense to me. So I sponsored and worked with the Miss Hawaii Girls. And my job there is to encourage them to not just work on their body, but do it healthy healthy, you know, helpfully, um, not starve their body, but when they are working towards a goal, make sure they're doing it correctly. Yeah. So it's not just eating the right food. It's also eating the right food and not, not eating. <laughs> yeah. You know, because <laughs> or get, just the different types of, you know, things that happen, I would say. Just making them aware, yeah. you know, that there is a better way or a right way versus just a way to lose weight or to to yeah. get to their body weight that they're looking towards. So Ms. Hawaii, I was on the American Heart Association's board of directors. Uh, currently, I still sit on for the River of Life mission. We take um, people off the street and we feed them and we try to encourage them to get vocational trained and income generating and just get them off of their addictions. And we started a chocolate factory in there. And that chocolate factory's main goal is vocational training, income generation, for the people from the street. Oh, yeah. uh, of course, my main passion right now is American Diabetes Association. And I've been sitting on that board eight years, going on nine. Knew nothing about diabetes eight years ago. And now, uh, not that I'm an expert, but I surround myself with the knowledge that I learned from all the endocrinologists and the people in that field. So that. Well, it's crazy how you can, you know, onset diabetes can disappear if oh. you're working on your diet <laughs> gee how neat is that and you have to you better repeat that girl because it's that, true it, it is true it's a it is a discipline um you know i i my mom has has onset diabetes and it's something that you know she will struggle with forever and you know we're at that phase now where it's you know we got to look at the diet 
and we got to look at, you know, things like that. So I have, you know, personally, I have that, you know, connection with it. And, you know, I'm looking at the way our parents are because, you know, and the way they lived and, you know, we're trying to, you know, do things better and live better. Um, so we don't fall into the same, you know, caveats. Like my mom and dad, especially my mom, she was fortunate enough. And I look at it now, maybe it wasn't fortunate, but she was skinny and didn't have to worry about what she ate, she could eat whatever she wanted up until like early 40s. You mm-hmm. know, the metabolism didn't Magic slow down <laughs> to that point where it just it was just so easy. Um, she didn't have to work out. She didn't she could eat whatever she wanted, you know, she could still enjoy drinks and all of that. Me, on the other hand, I think I just took the genes of <laughs> my other side and I, if I always had to work out, I always had to do everything from when I was little, I was a chubster <laughs> when I was little. So if I didn't work out and I wasn't in sports, like the pounds I could just tell would just come on me if I just ate some things. <laughs> You know, so for me, it was always I had to live this healthy life and work right. out, right. whereas my parents and never became that was never a part of their life, you mm-hmm. know, style of what they were doing. So to make that change, you know, you know, at 45 is not as realistic. You know, for me, it's like, oh, from college, I was already doing this. Mm-hmm. So that whole change is something for my mom. So she started getting a trainer and doing that type of stuff. But at the end of the day. of it is diet. Oh, yeah. It's the diet. And, you know, no fault of yours that, you know, you said you were a chubster. It's it's the food and what they're putting in our food. And so just, number one, being aware. Yeah. And that was at the time. You know, you don't. We don't. We didn't know. And there's, um, it is such, there's a few um, Netflixes online that, um, videos that are definitely worth watching. Did you see the miracle pill before? No. Um. You should watch it. If you have Netflix, it's called The Miracle Pill. I'll put that in on there too. Um, But it's actually really amazing because it talks, it does cover the keto diet and Mm -hmm. how it works on different types of people and Mm -hmm. autistic kids too. And they actually have a little, it wasn't like a Hawaii thing, but they had a little excerpt of Shriners Hospital um, with the autistic kids and the tests that they're doing with the diets. Wow. So they actually pulled in some of Hawaii's, um, you know, uh, people in there, wow. with, but it's actually the Aborigines. And then they've got, you know, people in diff- different parts of the States and, you know, doing this diet. And they, it's a really interesting, uh, very easy way to understand, you know, how the diet itself can really affect you. So, you know, something to consider, um, watching, you know, especially, you know, I know that there's definitely, are you, do you go plant-based or do you go, you know, how, how do you end up eating regardless of how you end up eating? It's worth watching. So Mm -hmm. I know some of it is definitely, um, you know, meat forward, but at the same time, it's about eating clean and healthy. Yeah, for sure. Let me give you an example. I was just in um, Asia and I ate like 22 course meals for lunch and dinner. And I was there for almost two weeks. But we walked a lot, but I ate everything from scratch. No fast foods, no everything was just good, basic Clean food. food yeah. When I came home, I lost three pounds. Okay, And who would think with that much consumption that I would lose weight? I was just in Sacramento and San Fran a week, and I gained pounds, and I feel it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. big difference. One week of just pigging out versus two weeks of pigging out with great food, I lost weight there. I mean... How yeah. is that? So I already, it's already, I didn't even do it as a study. I just know. I just know. And so I'm walking proof right now of, of that and food choices. So, yeah. yeah. And when I went to Europe, I thought I was going to, I mean, I probably threw an extra five pounds, but they have a lot of yummy carbs there too. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, even though everything is, is very, like a lot of it is organic. A lot of it is, you know, whole food, like foods right from local um, places, but, um, and they're good foods too. Right. But I was also there in November. Um, there was definitely less veggies mm. than I'm used to eating. So mm. I know that, and you know, you, you gotta, you gotta drink the wines and it yeah. goes a little bit there. So being there for that long and only gaining five pounds. That's not bad at that's all. That's not bad at all. No. Uh, with as much as I ate. Uh, but yes, you do walk a lot. Um, yes. They do have a lot of, lot more clean food yes. across the board. Yes. And, um, you know, you're trying everything. 
I, I definitely had my share of carbs, though. <laughs> I would say that for sure. And, and wine. <laughs> and wine. Yeah, that's carbs, too. <laughs> for those of you who don't know. <laughs> oh, a lot of sugar there. Yeah. Well, this pretty much wraps up our time here um, because we are in the hour. And so thank you so much for joining us. I just wanted to um, so, say thank you for having me here at your place. We'll definitely get some photos out to everybody and um, the links as well. And to all of you, thank you for listening don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and check us out at www.smartlivinghi.com. Also follow us on Instagram, which is at smart underscore living underscore Hawaii and like us on Facebook. Mahalo. And until next time, live smart.